You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, everybody. If you're interested in learning how to leverage LinkedIn for your business, this episode is sponsored by my book, The Seven Habits of Highly Successful LinkedIn Users. To get your free copy, just send a text to 44222 with the word seven habits. That's the number seven habits to 44222. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today, we have another amazing guest. His name is Jeff Cook. He's a serial entrepreneur of a publicly traded company. He started his first company from his Harvard dorm and sold it for millions of dollars at the age of 24. He sold his second company for $100 million, and he's currently the CEO and co-founder of The Meat Group, which is, a, again, a publicly traded company on NASDAQ. It's a social dating and live streaming company with over $400 million market cap. He spent $200 million in the last three years buying four different companies and recently just launched a very cool and new style of podcast app. So we're going to dive into that today. But hey, welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Appreciate you being here. It's very interesting. We had, a, we had kind of a, a very interesting conversation before I hit record, and that was, you know, you've got your hands on a lot of different things, right? As a CEO of a publicly traded company, you've got a lot going on and your backstory is very, very compelling. So just to give everybody a heads up, what we're going to really hone in on today, I mean, I could spend probably two hours talking to Jeff about all the different things he's done, but we've got a short amount of time. Today, we're going to focus in a little bit more on his new podcast app called PodCoin. He recently launched and is growing like crazy. And one of the primary reasons why I think it's growing like crazy is because it has an interesting and very different business model than most, you know, most of the different apps that I've seen out there. So before we get into that, give us a quick backstory, if you would, Jeff, take a couple minutes, tell us a little bit about that backstory of kind of how you, you scored early from your dorm room and, and how you got here. <laughs> sure. So I guess it was 1997. I was a sophomore at Harvard and needed an income. You know, I was looking for kind of some, some side job and I was kind of looking at potentially dining services or or a library job, and you know, this is '97 when when the internet is kind of pretty hot and exciting. I knew someone else on campus who was kind of selling golf clubs, custom made to order golf clubs, kind of out of their dorm. And I thought, gee, what is it that I could do? You know, I don't necessarily want to go work in a library or anything. And so I thought, well, I'm a writer. You know, I got into Harvard, and maybe I could edit somebody's writing. Ended up creating uh, a company called Resume Edge and a company called, or a website called Resume Edge and a website called Essay Edge, and uh, doing resume writing and uh, essay editing. And both both grew pretty well. It was intended for, you know, made me kind of go through this whole process of setting up an e-commerce engine, building a website. Did that all my myself. Took a six hundred dollar advance on my credit card to kind of do these things. And then you know, and orders started coming in, and you know, not a lot, um, you know, a trickle, but you know, in the first year, did ten thousand dollars of income, uh, which is about what I would have more than I would have hoped for a side job. You know, took a couple, worked at an internship, and then in in the evenings at you know in my junior year summer or my sophomore year summer, uh, built rebuilt the app by, by junior year. 
you know, the app was doing probably a hundred thousand dollars of revenue. And, and I had now a network of editors and I moved kind of out of the editing myself by senior years, making $300,000, you know, w- would go on to make millions of dollars. And then I sold it shortly after graduating, a few years after graduating the Thompson Corporation, which was a, a multi-billion dollar conglomerate. So that was, that was like my first foray into entrepreneurship, kind of came very direct. Like I needed a side job. I thought, what could I do? I could edit essays and resumes. I was a better essay editor than resume writer, but could, was able to find people who could do it and started that and then basically exited um, at 24. And then my, uh, I worked there for a, a couple of years under you know, an agreement. And then I guess social networking was, was getting interesting and, and I was looking for something else. And you know, I actually had the domain, still own the domain, artstudio.com. I, I had a web community called whatcanvas.com, an art community. And I was thinking, you know what, I'm going to do something in the art space. But at the same time, I got interested in social networking. I, you know, I was an early user of, Harvard, of, of Facebook when it was just at Harvard. And I thought, geez, this is going to be big. Now, I didn't realize how big, <laughs> but um, started a social network. That social network was called My Yearbook in 2005, along with my brother and sister, social network for meeting new people. Got our first million users in, in nine months, kind of attracted venture capital attention, sort of very different business than the first one where you know servers were were melting in the second business with all this traffic and no revenues. In the first business, every user who paid, you know, every user who came in, every customer was paying you. In this business, it was kind of the, the longer game. And so uh, built that up eventually to, I guess in 2011, it was somewhere around 25 to 30 million in revenue, a few million in profit that year, and sold that for 100 million to a public company. Now I run a public company called um, The Meat Group, we have about a little over 15 active users across four apps, four and a half million daily active users. And I've been, you know, what we really have been doing for the last few years has been focused on our, our live streaming business. We grew it to an $80 million business in revenue business in just the last you know, 16 months or so, up from zero. And that's where a lot of our growth is coming from today. Yeah, I love it. I know we were talking about that live streaming component. And we were talking about all the different things that that your current, that publicly traded company, Meet, is doing, the Meet Group. But the thing I wanted to hone in on today that really caught my eye and my ear when we were chatting before we hit record was what you're doing with PodCoin. So, you know, when I first heard what you were doing and then I actually downloaded the app, I thought it was brilliant. And I truly believe mm-hmm. that, that, you know, again, it's very early on, but I think that you're onto something because you're doing something very different. And I think you're positioned to really kind of disrupt what a lot of people are doing in the podcast space. So could you take a minute, explain first what PodCoin does, and then let's talk about kind of what your plans are for, for growing that out and you know what kind of stimulated you to jump into that space. Because again, <laughs> I know you're doing video, you're doing gangbusters with video, but you know, pivoting to podcast, I guess there's a, there is a natural fit because you got audio video, but you got a lot on your plate. So Start with what PodCoin is, and then we'll dig in. Sure, sure. So PodCoin is a loyalty points program for podcasts. So it's basically a podcast player that pays you to listen to podcasts. <laughs> and you earn PodCoin by... For, you get one PodCoin for every 10 minutes you spend listening. But you can earn up to two and a half to three PodCoin for every 10 minutes, depending on what you're listening to and depending on if like you're on a streak, which means you logged in and listened you know, three days in a row. Now, with your PodCoin, you can exchange it for rewards. You can get you know, Amazon and Starbucks gift cards, you know, even Bose headphones, th- things like that. 
or you could even donate it to charities. We actually work with Alex's Lemonade Stand, uh, Action Against Hunger. So people are donating their Bitcoin every every day, and uh, we write a check at the end of the month to the charities we work with. And so you know, it's been going pretty pretty well. You know, it's it's been we started it from zero in in, in uh, December, and we haven't pro- used any of our other assets to promote it. This is I'm kind of a believer in, look, if you can't make it work on its own, then it really doesn't deserve the promotion. And so we we kind of spent the last four months or so improving retention, getting the offering right. It's got over a million listening minutes per day already. It's growing at something like 15%, you know, week over week. Just, just you know, very, ha- very strong growth. We, if you look on Twitter and you type in, you know, hashtag PontCoin, You'll find a bunch of podcast, hundreds of podcasters, kind of talking about it as, as as helping them grow their listening. And you know, how does all of this relate to kind of everything else we're doing? Which is kind of yeah, you know, video and audio are are kind of related. You know, I think, but I think even deeper, I really believe that podcasts relate to to human connection. That like you know, I I'm an avid podcast listener. You know, I I find podcasts as kind of the storytelling format you know, of our times, this very personable, personal, intimate kind of look, like you feel like you're a part of a, a meaningful conversation. And I think, I think the mean, that that's missing for a lot of people. And, you know, I think when people are coming to our apps, like Meet Me and Tag, the other meeting apps we have, they're seeking human connection. But I think when you're in podcasts, you're seeking it in a different way, like you're immersing yourself in someone's conversation for the most part. And so, you know, if I've likened, you know, podcasts, you know, if live video is this lean-in experience where you're hyper-engaged with the streamer and you're commenting and maybe you're sending gifts, you know, podcasts are more of the lean-back experience. And you know, why why reward people for it? You know, I think that you know that actually came the, the idea for Podcoin originally came out of a presentation I gave for April of last year to um, Princeton University. I was invited to speak on something, and one of the things they said, "Well, if you were starting an app today, what would it be?" So I, I had to think about it. And, you know, starting an app today is extremely hard. You know, starting an app in 2009 was hard. And, and starting it today is extremely hard. So much competition out there. And so novelty is, is one of the, the key things. But when I looked at into this, I said, well, gee, you know, apps today, a lot of people don't even think they're healthy. You know, they, they, they take attention, they, they kind of fragment it, they distract you. It, it, you know, there's a whole theory of research on I think that Tristan Harris has, has kind of led around like all the different tricks that app developers make to kind of keep you engaged and with the net of effect of maybe not being all that good for you. And I thought, well, and succeed. And so, you know, there's a, a founder of LinkedIn. His name is, uh, I think, Reed Hoffman. And he, he had a framework for uh, investing because he's also a very successful investor. And it was the seven deadly sin framework. And and so, you know, that's out there and, and I was aware of it. It's basically only invest in things that support a deadly sin, which is a little cynical, but, you know, successful. And I thought, well, if I was starting something today from scratch, like, yeah, I, I've kind of already had some level of success. You know, I, I'd want to start something that you know, I, I feel very good about and that I feel matches the times. And so the idea was, well, what if you can combine a, a deadly sin with a heavenly virtue, right? So a deadly sin is greed, right? And so Hey, I should get paid for listening to podcasts. Why not? Right? Like, <laughs> sure, sign me up because I'm going to listen to them anyway. But maybe I'll listen to more. But then combine it with with something that's a heavenly virtue. And and in this case, I would say it's to charity because we we also give to charity. But but also just temperance. I, I really believe that stories 
fundamental to kind of what we define ourselves as as human beings. And I think podcasts are, are incredibly rich medium. And so just listening to podcasts I, I, and stories, I think, is, is enough. And so, you know, it was com- kind of combining that. And, and so I, I put this forth in a presentation and I said, well, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to just go build it. And so um, I did. And, you know, we launched it in December. I, I, I wouldn't say I left the presentation going to build it. You know, some months went by, but I thought, you know, this is a good idea. I really do believe in this because I think that, you know, if you look at, you know, Facebook comes under a lot of fire and they, they do a lot of good probably too. But, you know, the model is mostly about getting attention, not really sharing any of the profits of that attention with the users or really even with creators of the content and instead to extract it all. In China, you have this live streaming business that we, we certainly looked at and were inspired by in creating our own, where a lot of the sharing of monetization goes out to the creators. And, and we thought that was good. But I think if you go that one step further, kind of PodCoin is basically saying, look, if I'm on the platform contributing information about what I'm listening to and what other things that you might be able to show me to listen to, and you're ever going to monetize that down the road, then I should get a piece of that. Yeah. What I, does a piece of that mean? Right. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Sorry, I mean, I, no, no, it's okay. I mean, you, you, you blacked out for a second there, but, but listen, I love the whole concept behind it. And I think it's, it cracks me up that it came from a impromptu question that you got at a presentation and you had to kind of think on the spot, but that's, um, you know, the, the whole concept behind creating rewards around listening. You know, I love the parallel that you said when you talked about how, you know, Facebook is, imagine if they shared with the creators, imagine if they shared with the, you know, with the viewers and listeners and users. So, you know, I have really high hopes for PodCoin. I mean, I, I just discovered it recently and I'm, I'm excited about it. So knowing that you just launched it, here's a couple of questions for you that I think the audience could get some benefit out of. You said something about, and, and, and I've had other guests on here that have built apps. The app market is uber competitive, right? I mean, it's very hard to launch an app these days. But even with that, you've been able to grow you know, this audience very, very rapidly. You said over, did you say over a million, a million minutes? Listening minutes. Listening minutes a day? That's right. A million listening minutes a day. Okay. That may not, when you consider the fact that probably the average podcast is 20 minutes long or 30 minutes long, that's a lot of listens, right? So what are some of the things that you did? Cause you said you didn't really use your existing properties or assets and your email and video streaming and stuff to, to promote it. How did you get traction so quickly? I mean, if you had to point to two or three things that really helped you just get to this point, what yeah. do you think they were? I mean, number one, it is the is the idea and the concept itself, right? Like paying people for their time is and and for that's the hook. And so um, yeah, but I had to get that hook out there into the world. And r- really, we did something very simple. We just took I think a two hundred and fifty dollar a day marketing spend and applied it to um, Twitter, Snapchat, just to get that initial you know few hundred installs a day. Now we're at a thousand installs plus a day. And we're, um, we never change the, the marketing spend. And so like when I'm thinking of building a new app, what I'm, or, and, and, and when I'm actually at building one, I care a lot about like, what does day two retention look like? What does day 30 retention look like? Like if you can get day 30 retention up to 20% or better, you've got a pretty interesting app, you know, uh, but there's, there's a lot of apps you launch 
where day two retention looks like 30%, <laughs> or I'm sorry, it looks like 20%. And, and like that, that should probably be closer to 50 or 60%. So, you know, I think that a lot of that the, the people that we're acquiring are sticking around because they like the model. And like, we do have some pretty big cross-promotional capabilities now that we have, you know, 15 million monthly active users. But before we deploy them, like you don't want to deploy those because you can only do that really once. You want to make sure that the users that you drive to it are going to stick around. And so you kind of, it needs to be able to work on its own before giving, having a lot of users to push into it isn't as big an advantage as you might think. You know, it, it really, it, it really is, um, if it doesn't work on its own, it, it doesn't matter. We, we could activate those users, they'll join it, they'll leave, and, um, you know, it, it'll have no users six months later. So we really try to get get that right. So if you're asking me, like, what, what was it? It was really just, you know, the model itself, paying people for their, for their time and their listening. We also have, you know, you can refer people to get a reward. And then there was a, a small marketing spend to get, get the idea out into the world. Okay, so the actual listeners get paid for spending time listening to different shows that they like, right? So they get credits and those credits are redeemable for different things, whether it be donated to charity or, or different gift cards or whatever rewards, just like any other rewards program. Let's flip the coin for a second. What's in it for the podcaster? What's in it for the podcast show or the host? Is there any benefit on that side of the table? Yeah. So actually, probably the podcasters are, are, are the most happy of all in terms of the, the, the testimonials we get. So, so basically, the way it works for the podcaster is they can claim their podcast on the service, which is free to do. And what, it, what it, we just verify that it's them. And what that enables us to then give them is access into the analytics. So how many listening minutes am I getting every day? How many discover, how many taps on my, my, uh, my discover page in, in, in the search? You know, how many unique listeners, things like that. And, you know, even by, by episode. And so podcasts like to get that sort of data. But then what's more is then we change the rate that they earn on their podcast from one pod coin per 10 minutes to one and a half pod coins per 10 minutes. So suddenly, th- these are now the bonus podcasts. If you if you join Podcoin, you'll see there's bonus podcasts. That's what these are. So these are podcasters that you know are are happy to basically contribute back into our community because we're helping funnel users. And it turns out that around forty percent of all of our listening minutes are going to you know the few hundred podcasts that work with us, and the rest are going to the ones that you you'd expect, the long tail as well as the uber popular ones like Joe Rogan and others. So, you know, if you look, that kind of turns on its head how, you know, the typical podcast app experience is where the vast majority of minutes go to the top 500 to 1000 podcasts. They're created by Parcast or, you know, created by Wondery or, or created by, you know, all of the other companies that um, Spotify buys, right? So instead of that, we're basically saying, no, the long tail is where there's an exciting opportunity here. The long tail podcaster, the emerging podcaster. And that's, that's who we're focused on. So basically, you give the, the if a podcaster claims their podcast, they get some analytics, but then all of the users get a, basically a fifty percent bump on their rewards for listening to those podcasts. That's right. right? That's right. That's Perfect. Right. Okay. Awesome. All right. Great. So, how do you see this thing scaling up? I mean, what is what's your now that you've got your are starting to get your arms around retention, and I know that's a critical component to any sort of app, right? Because you you know you could spend a whole lot of time and money getting these app users and then they just disappear in 30 days and and it was all for naught, right? The model, you got a leaky bucket, right? So now right. that you got a little bit of a handle on the leaky bucket, what are how do you plan on ramping it up? I mean, what are your plans to scale this? Because I know 
you're not a guy who's afraid of big numbers, right? <laughs> Being a public and <laughs> traded company. And I know that you're from the previous conversation, you're not overly concerned with the monetization that's much more down the road. But how do you plan on scaling the users up like you did with your live streaming business from, you know, from zero to 80 million in sales? I mean, that was a very short period of time. Yeah. So, I mean, right now, you know, it, it is growing, you know, t- 10 to 15 to 20% a week, which, you know, was co- now those numbers are getting bigger. So it is kind of scaling up already. And so the question then is, well, how do you heavy lift it so, so that you go from 10,000 DAU to, to 50,000 DAU real fast? And I tend to think in those types of gaps. So, so like, you know, when I started my yearbook and sold it for 100 million, like the concept was, how do you get to 500,000? First, it's how do you get to 10,000? Then how do you get to 100,000? Then how do you get to half a million? And then ultimately around like a million. And it's similar here. So it's like, okay, we have 10,000. How do you get to 50,000? And I think the, the next 40,000 are relatively straightforward because I will just be able to activate the various cross-promotion capabilities that I happen to just have at my disposal. But then beyond that, you know, I think there's, it'll probably be a combination of podcast advertising. You know, we're, we're, we've done a, a little bit of test there with some results, I would say. I think we have a lot to learn. But I think podcast advertising is obviously a natural for something like this, but also, you know, p- potentially, and, and what, what's kind of been working for us right now, and I think where some of the growth is going, is that if you want to be in the bonus for a long, in that bonus period, if you're a podcaster who wants to be in the bonus period for a longer time, you have to, or you, it's your choice, of course, to, to record a mid-roll ad that mentions PodCoin. And if you do that, and post it, then we extend you another two weeks. And you know, people are doing that like a, 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 a quite a bit. And so that's turning the, the the kind of the podcasters we work with into kind of a, a marketing angle itself. So so I, I think that 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 could well continue to blossom as well. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Well, listen, I wish we had more time to kind of you know peel the onion back, and it, there's a lot of different things. So. What I'd like to do is kind of keep the dialogue open and maybe have some future conversations down the road as Podcoin continues to ramp up. I know there's going to be a lot of, you know, a lot of things, a lot of lessons learned and a lot of wins and losses along the way as you as you expand this as well as your other properties. But um for now, let me ask you just a couple of parting questions. We'll try to do them rapid fire and then we'll close it out for today. Um, you know, shifting gears a little bit as a serial entrepreneur who's started in the you know, the mid to late nineties, you know, you've seen a lot of technology and software and apps come and go, but if you had to pick one growth tool or software that you use for growing your businesses, if you had to pick one, what would it be? <laughs> if I had to pick one. Um, I know it's hard, but you know, I kind of live on Slack. Slack is, you know, painful because it distracts me and does all the things that you, I kind of just railed against, but it, it is pretty good at at uh, making it easy to communicate with a team. Figma is, is, a, is a, I'm going to violate it by naming two. Figma is a pretty great design resource. Um, I love how you can, you know, see mock-ups and, and, and comment on them right there. So I'd, I'd name those. Perfect. And what would be one book that maybe has la- left a lasting impression on you or has helped you kind of throughout your journey that you would recommend to my audience? Yeah. So, you know, I, I consume probably mo- maybe no surprise given that, uh, you know, podcasts, but I, I consume most of my books um, on Audible. Me too. Just because, you know, the, the audiobooks. I would say, you know, I actually wrote a children's book. Um, it was like a 300-page book a few years ago. And, and it, 
how to read everything to, there is to know about volcanoes for that. So there's probably a number of volcano books I, I could n- mention, but I think one that maybe changed my mindset a little is probably um, Steven Pinker's um, Enlightenment Now. And what I liked about that is, you know, in this day and age, we we have this tendency, maybe because of the headlines we read that are all trying to grab our attention, <laughs> to think things are awful, right? And, you know, at the same time, living standards have never been higher. You know, there's never been people less likely to have their children die from disease or to die themselves from war. So I think I think that book is, is, is an eye opener. Awesome. Well, listen, hey, listen, Jeff, I really appreciate it. Again, I wish we had more time. Congrats on all your success up to this point with, with the Meet Group and particularly with the launch of PodCoin. Let everybody know how they can connect with you, learn more about PodCoin or where, what, one of your other properties, and then we'll wrap it up for today. Sure. So my Twitter is uh, at Jeff Cook, G-E-O-F-F Cook. You can also just find me on the web at jeffreycook.com. Or of course, you can download PodCoin in the App Store or Play Store. Perfect. Hey, listen, thanks for joining me. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.